Welcome to the Individual Matters podcast and video series, where we're focused on learning about learning. My name is Andrew Caton. I'm your host and director of Individual Matters. I'm joined by my co-host and wife, Dr. Katrina Caton, licensed psychologist, educator, and author. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Let's continue our series focused on executive functioning and strategies for supporting these skills. Just to recap, executive functioning, we call these the get-it-done skills for life. They include activation, organizing and planning, working memory, self-control and focus, cognitive flexibility, as well as what we call the final lap, so bringing an activity or a project around to completion. Today, we're going to take a look at rhythm and routine. This is the third R in our 5R solutions for everyday living. So what do you mean by rhythm and routine? Yeah, so we're talking about rhythm and routine as opposed to a schedule. And the big difference, I think, is that rhythms and routines offer a little bit of flexibility, and whereas scheduling is really more about time. When does it start? How long does it last? And with rhythms and routines, the start time might be different and the amount of time, but the order and the things that get done are the same. Okay, so what kinds of executive functioning skills do rhythm and routine help with? Nearly all of them. So that's what's so great about rhythms and routines is it really addresses the start button or the activation. It can help a person prioritize. It helps them have order and organization to whatever task they're working on. So it helps with planning. It allows for chunking things down into smaller manageable steps, which helps with working memory, follow through, self-monitoring, and ultimately it creates a situation where there's room for accountability. Okay, there's a lot of attention being given to routine and forming good habits and those kinds of things in our lives, not only for children, for adults. Uh, But when we're thinking about kids um, and we're thinking about times during the day that might work, that might be important for establishing routine, I'm sure if you're a parent or you're an educator, you can think about some of these times and when children may struggle. Um, I know as a parent, I'm thinking about three primarily uh, from the time that we wake up and we're getting breakfast ready and getting dressed and ready for school. There's another time when we get home from school and there's that transition away from the classroom and being around friends to, you know, the kinds of things that, are, that we do after school. So homework, getting a snack, uh, doing extracurriculars, those kinds of things. And then another one is before bedtime, just all the things that need to be done before bed, kind of settling down and, and shifting to, um, you know, kind of a, a quieter time. Um, why don't we take waking up, getting up in the morning, getting ready, and kind of look at some different ways that rhythm and routine can help with that. So what do you think? Yeah, I think that's an excellent time of the day to focus on. Um, certainly rhythms and routines help us with any transition and um, children will let you know exactly what transitions they need help with. And uh, the morning is one that we hear a lot about. So I think it's fantastic to take that and then get right into the heart of, okay, so what do we do? How do we create a rhythm and a routine to solve the morning struggle? Okay, so what's the first strategy that you would recommend for establishing this rhythm and routine? Well, so the first aspect of it is what, what order is it going to be in? Because the key to a good rhythm is that the things occur in the same order each time. So the first thing you have to do is obviously pick the segment of the day that you want to look at. And then you need to go through and list out all the things that have to happen during that segment. So if we're talking about the morning, we have to get up, we got to get dressed, we got to brush our teeth, we got to eat breakfast, we got to feed the dog. 
We got to get our shoes and our coat and our hat and our lunchbox and our water bottle and be in the car and off to school. So the first thing is really figuring out what are the list of things that need to get done. Okay, great. Um, once And we'll kind of circle around to that again, but you, you have this idea that things are going to be done in the same order, and then what do you need to do next? So part of figuring out the order is then to chunk that list down. So the idea is that this isn't a list of 10 things, but maybe three separate chunks of steps or chunks of items that need to get done. And the way to chunk it is to really focus on the way in which your house is laid out and the way in which the child will move from that bed to that car. So what happens between the bed and the car is determined by if you sort of drew a map of your house. So for example, you need to get dressed and you need to feed the dog. Well, those don't occur in the same space necessarily. One's in the bedroom, one's in the kitchen. So those two items probably won't be chunked together. However, eating breakfast, putting your dish away, and feeding the dog, those three things would be chunked together because they're happening in the same space. So you're sort of visually queuing up the child, which things do I need to do in this segment? So you have one segment, and then it's chunked into several sub-segments based on following that little map from the bed to the car. So that keeps you from running from room to room or going back and forth or saying, whoop, I forgot to do this. It's kind of all grouped together by geographic location, I guess, by room. And that's one way to do it. And there's probably others as well, but that's a fantastic uh, uh, way forward. That's a good place to start. Okay, so you do things in the same order every time. That's at rhythm and routine. doesn't have to be at the exact same moment of every day, but it's in the same sequential order. You chunk it. In this case, we talked about chunking by room. And then what is the third thing that you need to do? So once you got the order and then you got things sort of chunked together, then you create your checklist. And what I really recommend is that you create the checklist in a way where it's got the words and the visual, and it's in the order in which the child is supposed to do that. And then once you print that off or write it up, then get a sleeve that has the plastic so that you can use a dry erase marker. So as I finish getting dressed, mark it off. Ate my breakfast, mark it off. And the idea of marking after each task then becomes part of that rhythm in which they move again from the bed to the car. Yeah. So that checklist becomes part of the routine. You can have it in the same place. They do it at the same time. Maybe you give the child that checklist, but they can actually go through it and visually see, okay, here's what I need to do now. You can scan that list and see, here's what I need to do next. And here's what I need to do next. So they're actually getting in the process of um, looking down the list, working them, checking them off one by one, and then you get the satisfaction of sort of seeing where you are um, when you think about like task monitoring. Am I halfway there? Am I two-thirds of the way there? Am I almost done? You know, they can scan it and see, okay, how many things are left on this list? Okay, so same order every time, chunks, uh, create a checklist. Um, when they When you go to create a checklist, is this something that you can include the children in? I mean, is this something that can be uh, kind of a, a collaborative uh, activity? Absolutely. Every child, regardless of age, can contribute in some way to creating their list. We really don't do them any service to create the list for them and then move them through that. So it really becomes a discussion of, hey, we're making this list for tomorrow morning. What are all the things that you can think of that we need to get done before we leave the house in the morning? And then the child can help come up with the list. 
And as you're doing this together, especially if you're allowing a lot of thinking going to be happening for the child is the child will reveal to you which aspects of executive function are a challenge. Are they having trouble prioritizing what should be at night versus the morning? Are they putting them in the correct order? Are they able to chunk it down or are they feeling overwhelmed? Um, what kinds of things are they remembering? Which kinds of things are they adding in that maybe don't need to happen? And so it really gives you a sense of where are they at with all of these tasks and how do their executive function plays into that. And then the last piece that we'll talk about more next week is the rewards and reinforcers. And that is, okay, we were successful. What happens when we're successful? And that's a conversation that the child can be part of too. So if we get five good days, then what? Okay, great. Is it realistic? Now, it all depends on age, but is it realistic to think that a child is going to get this the first time and work down through their list without any hiccups or any problems? No, absolutely not. I mean, I think we want to practice, practice, practice. We might need to tweak the list a little bit. The idea is that um, it may take several days or even a week or two weeks, depending on the child. And then after quite a bit of time, if you're realizing, oh, this isn't really working, then you need to come back to the list and see, okay, what's not working? What's, are we out of order here? Do we have too many things? Um, but give it a chance. And remember that the whole point of rhythm and routine is to free up time to have those enjoyable moments, even if it's in the morning, so that we're not spending all of our focus on getting ready. Our body's kind of moving us through that. The checklist is moving us through that. So we have a little bit more time to chat at the breakfast table or have a nice, uh, gentle stroll to the car as opposed to running out the door, grabbing, you know, bags going everywhere, one boot on, one boot off. So it's really about kind of bringing that sense of peace and connection and creativity and accountability during that transition that happens every single morning. Yeah, that's really nice. And as you've said, while you're creating this, this is a process of teaching your kids how to do this as well. So from creating the list to problem solving, what might not be working and rearranging the list. Every time they do this, it's, they're really practicing these skills as they go. So they're working on them, refining them, they're learning about themselves, what types of transitions they might struggle with the most, which, part, which times of their day might be most um, difficult or challenging for them. So this really is a skill that you can take forward beyond childhood right through your life. And as, as you learn about yourself, you can continue to put that um, into place and into effect. Okay, so we talked a little bit about um, waking up as an example of when you can use rhythm and routine. Another opportunity might be, as I said, when you get home from school, uh, before bedtime. What other things come to mind or what other transitions or moments of the day do you think might be helpful for using routines and rhythms? I think certainly anytime there's a transition between tasks, anytime there seems to be increased conflict, meltdowns, tantrums, um, just general increased struggle, fatigue, arguing, look at what's going on with the rhythm and routine around that time of the day or that segment of the day. I think uh, you spoke in a previous uh, segment of about when you were a teacher and using notebooks and quotes and how do you bring the children in from recess and transition into, okay, now it's time to learn. So using the notebook and the quote up on the board, the child sits down, they get out their pencil, they get out their notebook and they start writing, they start drawing. That's an example of a transition. Yeah, good point. I'm glad you brought that back up again. And teachers, you can also create an agenda that you just put up on the whiteboard or up on the blackboard or the projector or whatever. 
And that allows that to all the students then to look up there and say, okay, here's what we're going to do today. And here's the order we're going to do them in. And they can kind of keep that in mind. And, and again, they're practicing self-monitoring, task monitoring, time management, planning, organization, all of these EF skills are able to practice with that. Okay, is there anything else related to rhythm and routine that you want to talk about? Just to recap quickly, we talked about the importance of doing things in order, the same order every time, chunking these steps or activities, and creating a checklist, both visual and verbal, if possible. And then, as you said, in the next segment, we'll talk a little bit about rewards. Any, any last thoughts? I think the last thing is just to kind of bring it back around is that the idea isn't that you're scheduling your life and every minute of your child's day is scheduled with some kind of task. The idea here is that the rhythm and the routine frees us up from feeling tied to these segments or these to-dos. We have to get up. We have to eat. We have to get our bag. We have to get in the car. But the idea is if there's a rhythm and a routine around it, that we don't ever, we don't have to then spend our mental energy getting through that task or through that segment of the day. It just sort of moves us through. It brings a sense of calm, predictability, confidence, and again, accountability with what worked, what didn't, why didn't it work. It's very specific and clear. Then it just becomes old hat, easy to do because it's a rhythm and a routine. Okay, that's all great information. I think that's it from us today. As always, you can find more information as well as resources on our website, individualmatters.org. We hope you also join us for the next segment, Rewards and Reinforcers, where we continue to take a positive and solution-focused look at potential EF problems and strategies for skill building.